Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Dude Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Evans. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. It's episode 256, titled 2020 Fantasy LVP Candidates. It is standing for Least Valuable Player Candidates. Last week, I discussed MVP candidates. This is the complete opposite. Those players that disappointed at cost based on their draft day price tag or perhaps even expectations, they were a hindrance to our lineups weekly and let us down accordingly. What do we do with them now? That's what this week's episode is here to discuss. Don't forget, if you drop a five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app, I will give you a shout-out on next week's show. Also, don't miss my bonus content on Patreon. This week's bonus episode will be my first installment of a 2020 Rookie Ranking Redo series discussing the first round, 101 to 112. Only ask for $1 per bonus show. A link to join is available in the show notes or just go to patreon.com, search The Dynasty Dude, and you will find me accordingly. All right, similar to last week, this is going by position. So at quarterback, the first LVP candidate I have is Cam Newton. Quarterback 20 overall in the year. He had 2,657 yards passing with a downright terrible 8 to 10 touchdown to interception ratio. When you have a negative ratio and you barely even have double-digit passing touchdowns, eight, it is a terrible year as a passer. No other way to describe it. The only thing that salvaged any sort of fantasy value for Cam in 2020 was his rushing production. He was fantasy viable because of it. How about a 137, 592, 12 rushing line? Cam is now a free agent in 2021. Unlikely that he returns to the New England Patriots based on early reports and speculation. There's even some league-wide speculation or skepticism that Newton could have to settle for a backup job because of his ailing shoulder that limits his downfield passing ability. It was evident from his game film in 2020. There were very few downfield attempts. It was all dink and dunk underneath to the likes of Edelman when healthy, Jacoby Myers, or Cam simply wanting to run the ball at will. He is entering his age 32 season in 2021. At this point, I don't think he has to be rostered in one quarterback leagues. Do keep him on your teams, though, in super flex formats to see where he lands. There are avenues open to him, possibly a reunion with Ron Rivera in Washington or other quarterback needy teams 
that are looking for a one to two year bridge gap at the position. Cam still has gas something to take as a rusher, but his passing efficiency has dipped tremendously ever since his numerous shoulder surgeries. Carson Wentz, quarterback 22 on the year, threw for 2,620 yards passing, a 16 to 15 touchdown interception ratio. Similar to that of Cam Newton, Wentz's fantasy value is actually heavily reliant upon finding the end zone as a rusher. He had a 52-276 five rushing line, also had four fumbles, so that's 19 turnovers in the games he did see action in. Wentz is under contract with Philadelphia until 2025, a possible out, however, in 2022 for an absurd $24.5 million dead cap hit. The Eagles are in a tough spot with Wentz. He is an off-season trade candidate if a team has cap space or thinks they can recapture the old form of Wentz, a former perennial MVP candidate in his earlier days. It's hard to imagine Wentz being back with the Eagles at this point after the emergence of Jalen Hurts down the stretch of 2020. That being said, he's only 28 years old, plenty of time to turn his career around with the change of scenery. There are plenty of quarterback needy teams in the NFL, and if you don't go the route of drafting a rookie or signing a free agent, perhaps if you have the cap space, trading for Wentz is a solution. New England comes to mind, perhaps even Chicago Bears. Pure speculation at this point, nonetheless, Wentz does need to be rostered despite the inefficient 2020 season in all formats. It's a wait and see approach. How about Drew Locke as the last quarterback LVP candidate? He did not live up to expectations. Quarterback 23 overall, 2,933 yards passing with a 16 to 15 ratio of touchdown interception, exact same as Carson Wentz. 44, 160, and three as a rusher with three fumbles, 18 total turnovers, not going to cut it as a starter in the NFL. No excuse can be made for Drew Locke in 2020. He simply did not play well or consistent enough to retain a starting job at the professional level with good to excellent receiving options in Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, or even Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. Locke had some great games, but more often than not, he was inconsistent and was a reason why Denver did not make the playoffs and have a top 10 pick. Head coach Vic Fangio did not commit to Locke as the Broncos' 2021 starting quarterback at the team's end-of-season press conference. Keep in mind that Locke was only a second-round pick two years ago in 2019, but already could be on the outside looking in for a job. I don't blame Denver for looking for a new solution. They do hold the ninth overall pick in the upcoming 2021 NFL Draft, and there figures to be plenty of quarterback options on the board at that time. At the very least, Drew Locke is going to have competition in 2021. Would not be surprising if he is outright replaced. He is a sell for any sort of rookie draft you can get in a one quarterback or super flex league, unless you're banking on him returning with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and new pieces in this offense. There's a chance that could happen, but more likely than not, Locke is going to be competing for a job next season. Running backs, I have two candidates. First, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, RB22 in full PPR formats, a 181-803 four rushing line, and a 36-297 one receiving line with 54 targets. Not a bad season statistically, but certainly did not live up to his first round draft stock out of LSU or the near consensus 101 ADP he had in dynasty rookie drafts last year. He only had two 100 or more yard rushing games, that being 138 and 161. And 138 came in week one. We thought we saw, as advertised, CEH RB1 out of LSU, and he was just so inconsistent week in, week out. He was held to 64 yards rushing or fewer in nine different games. That's almost three-fourths of the regular season for fantasy football purposes 
hard to rely on Edward Delaire as an RB1 or trust him at that valuation moving forward because of it. He did miss three games, one due to an illness where he was active but was on the sidelines, and then two due to injury. He turns 22 in April, so it's not like we can just simply write off CEH. I think he's going to be more on the back-end RB1, high-end RB2 radar entering next season, a buy-low for sure in Dynasty for a mid-to-late 2021 first. Just understand, there's one more factor to consider. It's Damian Williams. Is he going to return? He opted out of the 2020 season. Who knows what kind of shape he's in. He is under contract with Kansas City, however, until 2022. If Damian returns, it could be a tandem committee of CEH and Damian in 2021. The good news for those that invested the 101, 102, etc. in CEH is that he's young, has the dual threat skill set to be a top tier running back in this league. Maybe more volume will do it, or perhaps the fact that he's tied to Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, two of the most creative minds in football working together will also aid CEH as he develops and progresses into his sophomore season. But you have to admit that a PPR RB22 finish is not what was expected out of Clyde Edwards-Alaire in his rookie season. Todd Gurley is the other LVP candidate, RB29 in PPR formats, a 195, 678, nine rushing line, tied heavily to his ability to find the end zone, but only averaged 3.5 yards per carry, also had 25 receptions for 164 yards with 35 targets. Gurley lost his job to Ito Smith and Brian Hill as the regular season came to an end for the Atlanta Falcons. What does that say about his rest of career outlook? It can't be all that great. Gurley's fall from stardom with the Los Angeles Rams and now that one-year deal with Atlanta should serve as a reminder that running back shelf life in the NFL and in Dynasty is small. Their value can change rapidly, sometimes over the course of one season, even if they are assumed to be an elite asset that can change with the blink of an eye, as it has with Gurley, which is why I like to build around wide receivers with at least one true RB1 on my roster while sprinkling in running backs after the fact via trade, rookie draft picks, etc. Otherwise, if you solely rely on running backs and fade the wide receiver position in Dynasty, you run this risk of a running back being superb for three to four seasons and then falling off cliff value-wise soon thereafter. A few more notes on Gurley is the fact that he is going to hit the free agent market this offseason and will be 27 in August, figures to form an RBBC somewhere. Yet his days of being an elite featured back are all but over due to his chronic knee condition that dates back to his time in college at Georgia. Quite honestly, I'm not even sure if Gurley is worth a late second round rookie draft pick at this point. A third is probably more realistic. And even at that, what we saw out of Gurley in 2020, RB29, nine touchdowns carried his value. Outside of that, he had less than a thousand yards from scrimmage and was once again rested and or scaled back workload-wise because of that concern that is associated with his chronic knee issues. Wide receiver, least valuable player candidates, comparison to their cost, perception on draft day, etc. DJ Chark, wide receiver 48 in PPR, a 53-706-5 receiving line with 93 targets. He did miss three games due to injury. I view him as a rebound candidate for 2021 if, when, Jacksonville selects Trevor Lawrence first overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. We can't forget Recency bias is a bad lens to see through in Dynasty fantasy football. That Chark went 73, 1,008, 8 with 117 targets in 2019. So the talent exists. It was a multitude of factors that led to a disappointing season. Inconsistent quarterback play between Gardner Minshew, Jake Luton, even Mike Glennon at times in 2020, and durability woes. Chark is only 24 years old, 25 in September, immediately. If Jacksonville does select Lawrence 101 in 2021, 
Chark's value will be right back in the wide receiver two conversation with weekly wide receiver one upside. So while he had a disappointing 2020 season and is a least valuable player candidate for this year, the future still remains bright for the former second round pick out of LSU. Up next is Julio Jones, wide receiver 52 in PPR format, a 51-771 three receiving line with 68 targets. He missed seven games due to injury. 2021 will be his age 32 season. Fair to question at this point how much he has left in a tank at an elite level. I don't think Julio is going to completely fall off the radar altogether. He is rumored to be an off-season trade candidate with Atlanta entering a clear rebuild. He's technically still under contract with Atlanta until 2024 with a possible dead cap hit in 2023 of $7.75 million. Makes a lot of sense on paper financially for Atlanta to clear that cap space and trade Julio to a contending roster. If that happens, that's another story. I don't think Julio Jones is worth a first round draft pick in any format any longer based on the longevity concerns. It really reminds me a bit of A.J. Green when he missed all of his 2019 season. We never got a clear picture from A.J. Green or the Bengals coaching staff. Same applies to Julio Jones. He didn't miss the entire season, but he missed seven games and there was never much clarity on his injury status. So unless he suddenly is traded to a top team in the NFL, I fear that Julio could be facing a similar cliff in value to that of A.J. Green. So if you could flip Julio for a first or maybe even a top second round pick in 2021, do so while he still has that name recognition and name value because we see this time and time again with receivers beyond the age of 30, especially now 32 years old, that their value, durability quickly decline and they become impossible to trade in dynasty formats and sunk costs on your roster. Last wide receiver candidate to be least valuable among his position would be Kenny Galladay. Wide receiver 103 in PPR, a 20, 338, two receiving line with 32 targets, appeared in a mere five games. A hip injury kept him out from weeks 9 to 17, is now an impending free agent, which makes it fair to wonder if he made a business decision by sitting out most, if not all, of the 2020 season on a Detroit team that was going nowhere. Pro Football Focus speculates that Galladay could be a good fit for the New York Giants if Detroit does not franchise tag him. And at this point, I don't think Galladay is returning to Detroit. We'll see about that. He does have back-to-back seasons of at least 1,000 yards on his NFL resume. That came in 2018-2019. So it's not like he's a bad talent by any stretch of the imagination. It's more issue now of durability and age. 27 will turn 28 in November. I labeled Galladay as a sell candidate before the 2020 season began. And I stand by that valuation. Unless now... There is a window to buy low, and by that I mean a 2021 second. I'm okay at that price. A first isn't out of the question for me. I'm just not comfortable assessing him at that price until we see a full landscape of the 2021 rookie class in terms of who lands where and actually where Galladay lands himself. Tight end, I have three LVP candidates. First would be Evan Ingram. He was a tight end 15 in PPR, a 63-654 one receiving line with 109 targets. He actually played a full 16-game season for the first time in his NFL career. That was an accomplishment in his own right. He's 26-27 this September, under contract with the Giants until 2022. Quite simply, Ingram has not lived up to his draft stock of 23rd overall out of Ole Miss back in 2017. Some factors in that disappointment include inconsistent quarterback support, not helping his case, but he has been a bust comparison to expectations thus far in his career because of drops and durability issues. Ingram is someone you can try to buy low on, but he has not done much with the targets that have been sent his way throughout his entire Giants career to this point. 
Jonu Smith, tight end 16 in PPR, a 41-488-8 receiving line. That was with 65 targets. He started off the season really strong. Five touchdowns in the Titans' first four games, then cooled off considerably the rest of the regular season. How about two catches or less in seven games? That's really hard to trust a tight end in your weekly lineup when you're not exceeding two catches in over half of the regular season games. Jonu Smith, 25 years old, 26 in August, is an unrestricted free agent in 2021, sort of under the radar. I'm curious to see if Tennessee brings him back with Anthony Ferkser in the mix and the same age at 25. At this point, Jonas Smith has been more hype than consistent production, but I do think he's a solid tight end that is a good fit for any team that needs help at the position. And last but not least, obvious name, but Zach Ertz, what happened? Tight end 31 in PPR, only had a 36-335 one receiving line with 72 targets, missed five games due to injury. Very well, could have played his last snap at the Eagles in Week 17, has been the subject of trade or cut rumors since the end of the 2019 season. Ertz is under contract with Philadelphia until 2022. However, has a $7.7 million debt cap at this offseason. I expect it to be exercised if he's not outright traded. 30 years old, 31 in November. Perhaps a change of scenery does wonders for his value, but he does look washed from most of his game film in 2020. Dallas Goddard is the clear future of tight end in Philadelphia. Ertz, for the sake of his longevity, could do better on another team, and I hope that's the case. Outside of that, worth no more than a second mid to late in any format, even tight end premium based on his age and recent factors of decline in efficiency and production. A first round pick appears to be out of the question at this point for Ertz. That does it for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed my content around least valuable player candidates in 2020 and what to do with them now from quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Any questions, join Patreon, get back to you ASAP. I am emailed with a notification whenever somebody sends me a message on that platform. I will always get back to you. It's a perk of being a Patreon member. And don't forget my bonus show this week will be redoing the 2020 rookie class rankings, everything we know now, first round, 101 to 112. Until next time, this is the Dynasty checking out. Hope you all have a great rest of the week. See ya!